With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones here with you for True Forgiveness Teachings, reminding you all to keep shining your light. And last time I think we all spoke was when um, my great friend Bruce Rawls and I did a podcast in July, I think July 6th, and I was going to take a little hiatus, (laughs) which I did uh, for four months. And um, I've missed joining with you all. I was not sure if I was going to use another platform, but I decided to keep the Blog Talk Radio platform for a bit. Why change it? Um, I often get offers from podcast services or different people kind of around the world sending me info about their platforms or do I want to join this or that. And it's always nice to know what's going on out there. However, I'm just delighted to be continuing to share the message of ACM with all of you on this platform for now. So we'll leave well enough alone (laughs) for the moment and continue on. And I wanted to mention one more thing, too, because I I still try to get to all the emails. But I want to thank all of you who have listened or purchased my audio book for All Peace, No Pieces. And Lots of you have commented on it, and I appreciate your comments and emails. And, and uh, if any of you are looking for a fun audio book reminding you about the power of forgiveness and how we seem to get here, uh, give it a listen. You can get it at Amazon.com, and I thoroughly enjoyed um, uh, reading that. So it brought me back to my broadcasting roots, which, which was fun. And um, one of the people I so enjoy in my life, as we both love sharing the message of ICM, needs no introduction to my audience. He's Bruce Rawls. He's back with me today for another fun discussion. Welcome back to True Forgiveness Teachings, my friend. Thanks, Jackie. And just as a side note, uh, if if you read your your book uh, as to make an audio book, I'm guessing the content was the same. And then in that case, I would highly recommend the audio book too, even though I haven't listened to it. The the printed version of the book is wonderful. So, (laughs) wow! Thank you, Bruce. And yes, well, it's 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 a great book, and it's a really you know, a welcome addition to any course student's library. And I think I think you cover uh, some really excellent points about the course in a unique way, and it's, and it's fun. I, and, of course, I love the Wizard of Oz metaphors. And, and uh, uh, anyway, it's just a, a, great, a great read and, and very thoughtful and, and insightful comments in that book. So, yeah. Well, my goodness, thank you so much. And, yes, the, I read the book as it is. The audio book <laughs> is my book, oh, good, like, as, as it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I read it, and um, it just was really fun uh, to do that. And um, so, yeah, just anybody who, who wants to check it out. And, Bruce, yeah, you and I so enjoy. Bruce is a master of metaphors, you guys. Come on, and analogies. But, so he loved, I know you loved The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Um, oh, it's, it's such a gem, isn't it? Yeah. They're a gem, and, and I got an inspiration. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I got the inspiration to do that in 2007. My book didn't come out till 2018, but nevertheless, I stuck to my, you know, the goal of, of using that, and I do weave it throughout my next book, my forthcoming book that'll probably be out be out next year. So, um, yes, fun, fun stuff, fun stuff. Excellent. So, Excellent. Bruce, it's so great to. Bruce chose this topic today, you guys. Sometimes I'll say, you know, hey, is there anything specific you want to talk about? And Bruce was like, how about undoing the past in the present and therefore releasing the future? (laughs) So I thought that was just like a great uh, topic and we can talk a little bit about it and I'll I'll share a big forgiveness opportunity that I had too, a little, little 
little bit later. Well, yeah, it, it is a, a wide open topic. Um, I just did a, a quick search on the, the, the web edition of Course in Miracles, and there's 408 instances of the word past. So I think there's plenty, plenty of material there to, to cover. And, and the course reminds us that, you know, the past was over long ago, which is kind of a hard to fathom idea when you first hear it. But what it's really saying is that the, the insanity of what the course calls the, the ego, uh, that, that thought system that believes that separation happened, that really is a dead horse we keep trying to bring back to life over and over and over again. And it's, it's, it's just silly. It's just silly. But we don't see that initially. It takes us a, usually a, quite a long time to look at it from so many different angles until we just kind of look with astonishment that we would have given so much attention and energy to something that has never made any sense. And eventually, we, we walk away from it altogether, don't we? Oh, yeah, we sure do. And, you know, I, I, I love this because when I think you sent me an email, Bruce, I'll read this quote because I put it in the description for the show. And I wanted to comment on a, a little bit of it and then also just share an experience I had maybe a little bit later. But um, uh, from the text, chapter one, right? Um, Miracles are both beginnings and endings, and so they alter the temporal order. They are always affirmations of rebirth, which seem to go back but really go forward. They undo the past in the present and thus release the future. And I I love that, and it's worth mentioning just briefly the ego strategy of sin, guilt, and fear. The projection of that thought in the mind, you guys, of sin, guilt, and fear is linear time. So we've sinned in the past, right? We feel guilty about that in the, and then in the present, and then we fear the future. And so this is part of the ego's game. And, of course, the projection of the thought of separation is expressed in the form of space. Now we have different people, forms, and space in between them. This is all a projection from the ego mind, right, to keep us away from what Bruce was just saying. You know, nothing has happened. We haven't really separated. And so I had to choose miracles recently, meaning I was shifting my perception and remembering where and where I really was because I had just a real bout with illness and it was really kept me down for like three weeks. And it was so strange because I thought, wow, I did want to take a break from things, but now I'm really forced to kind of take a break. And I had so much guilt kind of about staying down. Mark, my husband always has a joke, you know, about, okay, rest, do a little rest. Stay down, sweetie, stay down, because I'm up and I'm about and I'm running. I'm doing this and that because I have so much energy. So I was forced to kind of stay down. And I just had to remember I was I was starting to make the world really real again. My focus was on the external instead of changing my mind in the internal. I kept thinking because I'm down and I'm not doing everything, what about my clients? What about this? What just all the little ego pings that come into your mind, right? And so I really, really was thinking of this as, oh, my gosh, what does the miracle do? It raises us above the battleground, right, where we're reminded that time and space is just an error. It came into existence because we chose the ego, over the Holy Spirit, which was whispering to us in the split mind, nothing's happened, you know, you're safe at home. And so when I started remembering all this, Bruce, I was like, wow, I felt released from the few. When I stayed in the present, I didn't have any fear about the future. When the guilt was released from my mind, I just remembered, oh, my gosh, Nothing has really happened. 
I'm going to stay present through all of this. And I cannot believe, because you can't put it into words really, that I really did not then have a fear of when am I going to do the podcast? What's I got to reschedule these sessions. I got to do this. I got to do that. It just kind of went away. And you know what? Everything worked out just fine. <laughs> it, it seems to sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, and sometimes it doesn't. And that can also be a, an opportunity to look at the contents of our mind as well. And, uh, Absolutely. And, and see where we're hanging on to um, the, the past thought system, which is always one of, of uh, um, making big deals about differences, about uh, being separated in not only space but, but time. Uh, from each other and from our cr- creator, and uh, thinking that you know perfect oneness somehow got got shattered when we made up our own universe. Um, well, we made it up to to hide from that that piece, which is crazy to, to contemplate. But <laughs> right. but of course that's kind of the the outlandish, but but actually extremely helpful idea that of course miracle suggests that we we actually made up a whole cosmos in order to hide out and, and escape from peace, which doesn't make That's any sense until you, until you really think about how prevalent and how persistent and how pernicious that, that thought is that keeps uh, a little alliteration there. <laughs> that keeps coming, coming into our mind that, that says, uh, I need to be upset about something. And, and that's always something about the past. So I, I found a quote here that, that was actually um, just just a few hours ago I came across in another another study group class situation, and I thought this this fit very nicely. If I could read this, this is uh, this is from the Little Willingness in Chapter 18, Section 4 in the text of awesome. the course, and this is the last paragraph, Paragraph 8, which says, "Forget not that it has been your decision to make everything that is natural and easy for you impossible." If you believe the holy instant, which is always now, is difficult for you, it is because you have become the arbiter of what is possible and remain unwilling to give place to one who knows. Well, the Mm. one who knows is our decision-making mind switched into the Holy Spirit position, as the Course would describe it. And then the, the paragraph ends with, the whole belief in orders of difficulty and miracles is centered on this. Everything God wills is not only possible, but has already happened. And that is why the past has gone. It never happened in reality. Only in your mind, which thought it did, is its undoing needful. And then, of course, the undoing that the Course talks about is always forgiving ourselves for what never happened in eternity. And the eternity is always the present moment that that, um, we've sliced and diced and and made these infinitesimal little non- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> non-perceptible <laughs> moments that we call now, and, mm-hmm. and yet that's all eternity is. But we've flooded our, our awareness of time with so much of the past where we think, like you eloquently pointed out a few moments ago, that you know, we think the past has to do, you know, unless we examine it carefully, with some kind of guilt or misgivings about ourselves or about others when we project that guilt onto the, the, the alleged others in our, our mind. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we take that, that, that unease, that guilt, and instead of bringing it to the present and looking at it with the Holy Spirit to see that it was unfounded, we just ignore it and assume that the cause uh, of the error is, is unfixable and then we allow that festering, unexamined stuff to to keep propagating into the future, and that's why it seems like we're on this endless, you know, hamster treadmill of sin, guilt, fear, attack, and and blame, and and retreat, and, <laughs> and, and it's starting it all over again, right? Oh my gosh, Bruce, I love it that you picked that from chapter eight. Can you read that last sentence again? Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, only in your mind, which thought it did, is its undoing needful. And then the undoing is, of course, of the, the idea of the belief in separation, which is That's the whole right. premise of the ego that the Course asks us to, to just keep looking at without condemning, without judging, just kind of notice how notice we it. want to make separation real in so many different ways. And just throughout the day, every every little 
condemning or or critical thought that we have about anything or anyone, including ourselves, is a way of keeping that separation real. And any thought that leads away from that, that asks us to just gently but patiently and persistently question that insane idea, um, the ego says, nothing doing. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. there. <laughs> but that's the Holy right. Spirit says, well, that's really your only way out of here, you know. That's and, right. Uh, oh. yeah. I love that. I love that because when that last sentence, it really hit me the first time I ever read it. Because what it did for me is when the undo in the mind, because that's where it is, that's where it need be. That really was something for me. You know, we all have these things, you guys, in the course where it, something just really hits you. It's it's meaningful, and that to me years ago was the be, almost the beginning of me remembering to spend more time in my inner world, not the yeah. external, to go mm-hmm. back to where the undoing really is. We need the external, like you said so well. We're not denying it. We're, not, we're using it, though, for a different purpose. We're using exactly. the triggers and the upsets. And I love that you read that. Once again, like, we're so in sync. I just have such a, a memory of that. And for me, again, to repeat... It, it reminded me that, wait, I can be too much in the external, making everything so important and real, giving my peace away, and therefore making decisions that maybe you wouldn't make, you know, out of, out of fear, instead bringing it back into the mind. And, you know, something else occurred to me just a few minutes ago when I was sharing my example, and I was saying, gosh, and everything just worked out, and you were mentioning, and you know what, even if it doesn't, that's okay too. And that was a really good point, Bruce, because often it things don't change the way you want them to externally or maybe don't work out in the world you, you're, as, to your, as to your preference. But do you know what does change for me and why I love sharing this message so much is, is the conflict in the mind is gone. Mm-hmm. The the needing to be, needing to have a certain outcome, needing to have something be a certain way externally. So I'm able to let go of outcomes and things like that. Because if we want to solve problems and, you know, we certainly have them, the world has them, you know, it doesn't always happen, obviously, (laughs) the way that people want it. But ending the conflict in someone's mind can be done in an instant. That's exactly. In an instant, right? And that's where yeah. the peace comes, regardless of the external. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that the peace as the course uh, reminds us is not a little gift, but then when we choose that peace um on in the level of the mind, um we're really changing the cause and that's that's really uh, where it all makes where it all clicks because mm-hmm. going after changing the symptom or you know just throwing a band-aid on on the on the cause thinking that that's going to fix it well no it's just dabbling with the effects is what we try to do over and over in the world until we realize that the only thing that will bring us consistent peace of mind is is dealing directly with the cause and that always has to do with looking at the thoughts that we entertain and um, and seeing that there's another option. I, I was looking at um, chapter 28, too, thinking about what we're going to talk about today. And that uh, begin, begins with the, the present memory, the first mm-hmm. section of chapter 28. And that whole first section I was, I was rereading uh, just before we came on. Uh, chapter 20 is the undoing of fear, and the first section is the present memory. And if, if, if you're agreeable, I would like to read, you know, as much as we have time for and just talk about it because I think there's so much in that section that's oh, so right on. Yeah. And I needed, to, I needed to hear what I uh, – yeah, Absolutely. I, I'm going to – I'm turning to it now. The present memory okay. got it. So chapter okay. 28 for all the listeners, the undoing of fear, section one, the present memory. Yeah. Okay. How about if I read the first paragraph? We'll Go back Absolutely. and forth. Does that sound good? Okay. The first Perfect. paragraph begins with, the miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo, and thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done, or what seems to have been done, right? <laughs> right. It does not add, but merely takes away. And what it takes away is long since gone, but being kept in memory appears to have immediate effects. This world was over long ago. The thoughts that made it are no longer in the mind 
that thought of them and love them for a little while. The miracle but shows the past is gone, and what has truly gone has no effects. Remembering a cause can but produce illusions of its presence, not effects. So here, here we're mm-hmm. talking, this is, I think this requires a little explanation because the effects that are being talked about here are the effects in truth. And the, the and I, in the, the course, one of the fundamental ideas in the course is ideas don't leave their source, which really means that our eternal being, what we truly are as, as all-inclusive, innocent, um, unseparated, <laughs> capital S self that we all share, mm. that is, is really the effect, if you will, of the creator. That's, that's the, the, the offspring, if you will, of, of, of perfect oneness. Because uh, the course is really a not purely non-dual curriculum, but that's the best kind of explanation <laughs> or, or the best I can come up with on the, right. on the fly of, of what that might mean. But, but the idea being is that, that our real identity is never about um, what happens or doesn't happen in the world and certainly not with what happens or doesn't happen with specific bodies or personalities which right. you know is, is kind of a challenging idea to to begin to embrace but the more we think about it if our real identity uh has nothing to do with space or time then bodies are kind of out of the picture anything that bodies do which would have to do with you know our stories and our our narratives and our our dialogues and monologues and all the all the things oh, that, that seem right. seem to happen in the world are are just um reflections of a thought that could come and go but our, our, the, what's true doesn't change. And we are all part of that capital T truth. And so what we really are is eternal and therefore e- eternally present in the eternal now. So, so that's why the, the Course can make this brazen statement that the miracle that shows that the past is gone and what is truly gone is no effects. So it doesn't say to deny, as you were pointing out a moment ago, Jackie, any our, you know our physical material experiences, but to use them as a triggering device to get back to the mind and say say to ourselves whenever we feel the least upset or discomfort or annoyance or condemning thought about anything, just say, oh, I I must have chosen wrongly because I'm not at peace. Excellent. Yep. Beautifully said. And just continuing on with what you just expressed um the miracle but shows the past is gone it's very interesting one of the things that pops into my mind quite frequently if i feel a little sense of of judgment usually about myself um i've been very much harder on myself than others in this lifetime i've noticed over the years there is no real difference but for the point of explaining in a lot of my forgiveness opportunities are around my quote self, right? So uh-huh. when I think of miracle but shows the past has gone, one of the things that has always helpful is, you know what, this world was over long ago. Now, that's a big concept to think about, but what has helped me that I wanted to share with everyone in case it's helpful is when I know that the world's over long ago, there must be something that wants to keep me here, right? And then I start thinking (laughs) of the ego thought system and our addiction to specialness. And it gives me great relief to know that I'm still at home, just this dreaming of exile. And how do I come to really experientially really know that? It's been through this miracle and the forgiveness and this first sentence, the miracle does nothing. All it does is undo. Guess what, guys? It undoes the pain, the suffering, the guilt, the whatever it is, worthiness. I'm talking to a lot of clients lately about, you know, oh, my esteem was in a better place, or I just, my self-worth. And think of all those things that forgiveness and the miracle can do for you if we just have the courage to take the Holy Spirit's hand or Jesus's hand because they have a very different opinion of you because they know you're not the you that you're having so much trouble with, which they're helping you undo that thought even, (laughs) right? And so Mm -hmm. when I, first paragraph is so powerful that the miracle undoes. It doesn't do anything because there's nothing to do in an illusion. You're having feverish dreams. 
right? So there's no guilt about that, but just to understand where all this is coming from in the mind. And when I think, wow, this world was over long ago, so I must be the one in control of keeping it here. And if I want to be free of this feeling that I've sinned and of this guilt and pain and suffering, I'm going to do my forgiveness work gently, kindly, and slowly but surely all these years now, 20-something years, I've been practicing this thought system I have to say that you really can be still an instant and go home and have that that memory that there's absolutely no doubt or fear. Now, that doesn't last, and I come back in here, you know, and I'm sitting here going, well, that was wonderful. Can I have more of that? And then I'm back in. But at least I have the contrast. I know, yeah, exactly. I know what the goal is. It's like I know right. where I'm going. And so it just really helps me to know these metaphysical concepts as the backdrop because it puts me at power. It puts me yeah. at the, cost, uh, the power of choice, right? Yep. It's kind, of, it's kind of like when trudging through the forest, every once in a while you get a glimpse of the mountaintop and you can see where you're headed and it's like, oh, yeah, that's inspiring. And then we trudge through, you know, the deep forest again. And it's like, where, where am I? It's like, <laughs> but, 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 we, but it stays with you. You know, the, 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 each glimpse yeah, kind of reinforces stays. the resolve to, to continue on and to. And, and each glimpse is really like a reminder that there's a, a deeper peace and a deeper truly lasting understanding mm. of, of totally. the innocence of, of our real being and of everyone else. And that the, from that sure foundation, um, you know, peace isn't just a, a, a nice thing. It's just, it's really the, the whole basis. It's a way upon, of being. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So. You're right. It's not just an idea out there. It's, it's experienced as it's a healthy detachment and just being in the present and following one voice, the Holy Spirit's voice, the voice for God, just following that. And then just that reflection of that, that love just extends through everything you do. And that's effortless. That's the effortless feeling, right? And that, it's only effortless when we follow that inner kindness teacher, a.k.a. Holy right. Spirit, because that awareness is the part of us that really has all the strength and it has all the strength because it doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> it just, it merely right. guides us to the place in our mind where it's, it's all undone. So that's where it simultaneously seems like superpower of undoing, you know, what we think is, is, you know, this is horrific, you know, mountainous, you know, <laughs> gargantuan right. error. And, and yet, uh, it really just brushes it away like, like you know, a, a gossamer cobweb that just it has no <laughs> power to stop a locomotive, right? Right, right, right. Exactly. Oh, wonderful stuff. Should I read a paragraph two here? Oh, sure. Please do. Yeah. Okay. So, all the effects of guilt are here no more, for guilt is over. In its passing went its consequences, left without a cause. Why would you cling to it in memory if you did not desire its effects? Remembering is as selective as perception, being its past tense. It is perception of the past as if it were occurring now and still were there to see. Memory, like perception, is a skill made up by you to take the place of what God gave in your creation. And like all the things you made, it can be used to serve another purpose and to be the means for something else. It can be used to heal and not to hurt if you wish it to be. If you so wish it to be. Powerful. Here's, the, here's purpose again. Jesus is talking about it 680 times, mentions in the Course, purpose, yep. which the yep. ego's purpose is totally different than the Holy Spirit's purpose, right? Exactly. Completely 180 degrees out of phase. <laughs> yeah, totally opposite. And, and yet it's leading us to a place where there is no opposite. It's actually taking us out of the fear, which can only come from a polarized thinking, to a place where fear is impossible. And I think that's where we're um, using, like this paragraph you just read, Jackie, are so helpful, is, is we, we take 
everything that seems to be happening to us in the world and realize it's coming from us. And then we realize that's kind of the, the uh, workbook lesson five of it's, I'm not upset for the reason I think. And then we, we mm-hmm. add lesson 34. It's like, I could see peace instead of this, this being the, 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 the egos, this of <laughs> thinking that the separation happened. Now it's in my mind and now I feel guilty about it. Well, no, that didn't happen either. You know, it's not it's not out there and it's not in, in my mind either, but I need Holy Spirit's uh, guidance. I need that inner kindness teacher to bring me to that awareness that shows me that nothing happened in eternity. On the level of form, sure, all kinds of crazy things are happening every day. And, you know, it's, right. I, I was re- reflecting Charles Dickens' uh, uh, quote from the Tale of Two Cities, you know, it was the best of times and the wor- is the worst of times. You know, right. Simultaneously, you know, the, the times that the ego conjures up are a horrific past, a horrific present, and a horrific future. And those are the worst of times. And then the best of times are the Holy Spirit's use, gentle use of time, which is basically saying that, that the separation didn't happen. It's not happening now, and it won't happen in the future. And so <laughs> it, it abolishes what we made up to hurt and uses it to heal instead. Right. Right. You know what? This is, this is really interesting. Um, The, you know, Ken's analogy when he uses the, um, the carpet of time, uh huh. Ken Wapnick for people. Yeah. Ken, Ken, yeah. Uh-huh. Ken Wapnick for people. Yeah, we're like a, like <laughs> Ken Wapnick and his prolific teachings uh, mm-hmm. of the course. Um, I love it when he when he talks about that because yes. uh, it's. Oh, let me let me read a, something from him if I can find it really quick. I really can't say it the way Ken can. Let me see if I can find this really quick, and it fits into what we're doing, and then we'll head back to. Uh, chapter 28, uh, the present memory. But um, do you want me to read the third paragraph while you're looking it up? Yes, go ahead. Perfect. Okay, okay, and I think it'll fit in with that carpet of time because it's it's it all does. it's all interrelated, yep. isn't it? Okay. It is, so here's yeah. par- paragraph three of the present memory, again from chapter 28, section one. Nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. It is a recognition that you have no needs, which mean that something must be done. It is an unselective memory that is not used to interfere with truth. All things the Holy Spirit can employ for healing have been given him without the content and the purposes for which they have been made. They are but skills without an application. They await their use. They have no dedication and no aim. And, of course, the implication there is that our ego really is purposeless and aimless, but we've we've arbitrarily assigned a substitute purpose for our mind, which is to, to, to be harmful and to, to basically to make war on, on perfect oneness and to keep the division intact and the, and the belief in separation. And the Holy Spirit can employ everything that seems to be happening, either out there or once we bring it inside our mind, inside our mind, as, mm-hmm. as an opportunity for healing that belief in separation. So every specific that seems to be an irritation or an upset, um, we can bring it back inside and see the setup of the upset. <laughs> Just flip right. that word, cut, cut the word in half and flip it around and, and <laughs> see where we set it up. And then, then we can say, oh, well, I, I, I did this to myself. I don't, I don't have to do this to myself. It's like you know, realizing you're dreaming. Exactly. Then you know, well, this is my dream. I could, I could wake up from this if I want to. Exactly, and that was, you said that so well, what I was attempting to share moments ago about why that was so helpful, the world was overloaded, was because, yeah, you, I, it, I took my power back, you know, and I thought, yeah. gosh, yeah, do I, do I really want this? I have the, the courage and the willingness to, to say, you know, I, I've chosen wrongly. I, it gets so tiring to blame other people, yourself.
I found what I was going to write. Uh, okay. Write. <laughs> Rather, read, that would be read, um, that Ken uh, was saying, um, the quote in the description of this podcast, the miracles are both beginnings and endings, so they alter the temporal order. They are always affirmations of rebirth, which seems to go back but really go forward. They undo the past in the present and thus release the future. And then Ken says, and I'll paraphrase some of it, but I'll read some of it. The best way of understanding this, um, we can think of this path as a carpet that reflects the entire span of our experience in this world. What the miracle does is take certain aspects of this experience, all of which are based on the belief in separation or on our guilt. And in a sense, it isolates them as problem areas that we have to deal with. So let's say we're having a particularly difficulty, particular, speaking today, difficulty in relationships the miracle would cause us to focus on that relationship and to forgive it. In that sense, the miracle will be a beginning and an end because it circumscribes what the problem is, you know, in circles, it isolates what the problem is. When we heal the problem, which means we forgive the person who has been the greatest difficulty for us, or when we truly let go of a situation that has brought about tremendous feelings of separation, anxiety, guilt, anger, what happens then is this whole aspect of time has been shrunk. That is what is meant by saying that miracles alter the temporal order. They're recalling the projection. So the carpet of time that has been rolled out of this form, world, body, sin, guilt, and fear the Holy Spirit corrected that in the same instant by saying nothing has happened. So each time we're choosing the miracle and forgiveness, it's like collapsing this time by eliminating these intervals within it. And that's why I seem over the years so many times to be like, just I don't even experience linear time in the same way. Everything has been for years very much in the flow. And I think forgiveness keeps us in this present. And this present memory is so powerful because the, the ego's memory is of the past and stuff which doesn't exist. But the Holy Spirit is of the present state. And the more you're staying present through going back to the mind in that holy instant, choosing to have the Holy Spirit as your teacher, this is what heals relationships. It doesn't mean in form that everything is always to your liking, but the conflict about it in your mind has ended and you're now in the forgiveness script of those relationships. So should I stay or should I go becomes how can I see this situation without conflict in my mind? How can I see this with peace? And then whatever outcome happens will just play out. But anyway, I just love the carpet of time the brilliance of that. And that was just a snapshot. I mean, people can do much more reading on that, but for the purposes of this short time, I just wanted to, you know, put that out there because that's been a tremendously helpful image for me to use, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The, I think the course suggests that it just it kind of rolls up and disappears at some point, but, but we need all exactly. the specifics that seem to be uh, in the past uh, which is what we seem to be keep dragging into the present and, right. and realize with Holy Spirit's help, our inner kindness teacher at our side, saying this can be seen differently. This can be seen yeah. as an opportunity to, to be a classroom of forgiveness, of, for, of forgiving yourself for projecting what never happened onto the world and then mm-hmm. making up a, a story of blame and, and you know, that tries to foist the guilt and the mind yeah. out onto the world and and right. and that inner kindness teacher says that isn't necessary because it didn't happen it mm-hmm. just doesn't matter because it does it, it just didn't happen with a little bit of the tip of the, the tip of the it hat to bill murray doesn't again. Matter. it just, <laughs> just doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. Oh, I love that so much. Meatball, oh, that old yeah, movie, yeah. so good. And also from the Razor's Edge too. He says, says oh, yeah, the yeah, same yeah. thing. 
Yeah. Hilarious. Two, two oh, movies where he hit the same oh, quote. Yeah. Hysterical. Just hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, laughter. Speaking of Bill Murray, all the comedians, you know, we love it. Just the importance of laughter and uh, not taking everything so seriously. You know, people yeah. just joining this podcast for the first time, it is a podcast about the teachings of the Course in Miracles. And so uh, we're never talking about laughing at people or people's right. difficulties in the world. Certainly there's a lot going on in the world right now. And people, you know, we're not laughing about that. It's just that, that we're talking about your your inner teacher, that inner smile that recognizes that what you're seeing isn't true. It's, a, it's made up from the one mind. We're all splintered fragments seemingly of this, this one mind. And so we're laughing at the idea internally that we believe we could be anything separate than with our creator, just, you know, as God created us. So I'm always inserting that, you know, um, in, in there for people that are always tuning in, you know, for the first time. So, but yeah, laughter is just key to not take everything so seriously. What's that quote? If you take the world too seriously, it'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one, but that, that fits. <laughs> yeah. There, there's another phrase that comes to mind from the course that, that I think ties into the laughter, that, that very gentle and it's not derisive at all, as you're pointing out, Jackie, so helpfully. Um, that, that that gentle laughter um, reminds me of, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, but I could look it up, I'm sure. It's in glad astonishment, we realized that, you know, for all this, we gave mm. up nothing, you know. And, mm. and, uh, yeah. and that's basically when we have the recognition that, that in our more lucid moments, when we get those little glimpses of the mountaintop, uh, there's, you know, clearing through the forest and the light beams through the branches and, and we have this little right. vision. It's like, oh, oh that's right. And at the mountaintop, we, we all we all reach the same pinnacle together. And, and that's really eternally true. And we're just, you know, traipsing around in the, this dark, jungly, foresty terrain in our mind only because we haven't given ourselves permission to you know reach the end of the journey but but because that's kind of a scary idea for us we we you know we've got our hiking shoes on and our backpacks and and we've got our, our mountaineering gear and and we take our time going through it and we, we do it take the scenic route but but yeah, we'll get we there. take the scenic route that's we'll get for there. sure <laughs> a little, a little. Some, some of my clients would say, "Yeah, there's a little more um, deep, deep canyons and and caves and deep terrain than I would like in my, you know, scenic route." But yes, oh yeah. my god. But and Holy Holy Spirit does actually give us the most direct route for where whoever we think we and believe we are at any given moment. Exactly. So that's that's always I think, really helpful. It is comforting. You know, we're all in this together, and I I joke sometimes yep. on it podcast about my clients and stuff because I'm I'm close to them. We're close. I've seen a lot of them for years and we we do sometimes we just, you know, laugh at the insanity. We go over the problems in the world and I help everybody where where they are and um if they're people that my clients are people that know the course, they know that, you know, that starts with with forgiveness and looking at everything differently. Um, but certainly anyone listening who is not a student of a course in miracles and is a student of any other spiritual system that really helps you um, feel as though you are becoming more loving, more forgiving, um, less judgmental. You're able to join with people where they are, not attached to outcomes, not attached to having a a strong point of view in a divisive way. Um, This is not having healthy discussions are great. Everybody's going to have, you know, different views. But if you feel like all those attributes, you know, those things are are something that you have or things that are unfolding in your life and you truly are becoming more peaceful, then that speaks for itself. And it's, you know, um, a wonderful thing. And one of the things that's so wonderful about A Course in Miracles is you don't have to talk about it or or teach it or anything. It's because it's done between you and the Holy Spirit or Jesus or God or whoever you're doing it with. It's a self-study curriculum. And those of us that um, feel compelled to share it, it's great, but it's never in a proselytizing way or mm-hmm. this is just one form of the universal curriculum. And um, I think that it's, it's always important because I get questions. I have people that come to me from all different 
spiritualities and everything. I have a very, a very heavy uh, course client clientele, but I also have people that are that come from different paths, and they really are choosing forgiveness. They're choosing to not judge. They're choosing to take responsibility for their lives. And most everyone can understand two teachers in the mind. Oh, you've got one voice that's, you know, barking and full of judgment and fear. And you have the other voice that's like, well, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know. And so I see us all, Bruce, people coming together so beautifully as, you know, people awaken in their in their own way to becoming more passionate. And that's why I love your term so well, Bruce, the inner kindness teacher. Because that is a universal thing that at least I can speak, you know, for my clients, that people understand that. And I always say I have a really good friend, Bruce Rawls, who calls <laughs> your inner kindness teacher. And that's so helpful for people who aren't, of course, it doesn't matter, but they people understand two parts of the mind and your, your, the power of choice. And it, it's just been wonderful to see all these years, I have to say. You know? Oh, that's neat. That's neat. <laughs> Isn't that fun? The mind yeah. So I, you, I quote you more than you'd ever know, Bruce, because I'm always talking about the inner kind. Of, I, I just like, well, we want to join with people. It's just such a join. It's such a thing that people understand, and it's so gentle. And yeah. I just love it. Yeah. I just love it. The simplicity of it, right? We have to make every, We don't have to make everything so complicated. Oh, it's your inner kindness teacher, you know. That, that I, I find it really helpful too. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think it's just a matter of just recognizing that that if if we're not at peace, we've chosen a teacher of unkindness in that That's moment. Right. And you know, and and if we look at when we're feeling mean spirited. Or, or feeling like that's being, you know, foisted upon us, and and are honest with ourselves, we realize, well, I'm complicit in that, you know, I, I'm, I'm yeah. complicit in whatever I'm feeling, whether it's a feeling of peace or or lack thereof, and that really is, um, you know, again, that first step of forgiveness is to bring it back in inside the mind, and and that's it's right. not about what's going on in the world; it's always in my mind, and that if that's we can get right. past that first hurdle. Um, then, then we're already um, because ego doesn't want to do that. It, it never wants to go there. I mean, and it, that's when it starts getting squeamish and goes from from uh, suspiciousness to viciousness when we start getting in our mind. Uh, and then, especially when we start looking at the validity of, of its assessment of things, which is always some kind of um, you know guilty, acrimonious, <laughs> less than less than stellar uh, identity. Because it, it knows it's made up. It's not, and I love how Ken Wapnick, our, our favorite teacher, says, um, it's not evil, sinful, or wicked. It's just silly. It's just it's yeah. just absurd that we would take something that doesn't make any sense in eternity and put it into a temporal context where it seems to make sense. But when we just examine it carefully, it's like, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. So how much time do we have left, Jackie? I, I wonder if we have time to read another a little short quote from, from yep. uh, Chapter 5. Go for it. Yep, okay. go for it. Um, if we have time to read more of Chapter 18, of course, we could, but, or 28, rather. Um, what, what, how much you know, time do we have left? We've got about 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes. Oh, well, maybe we can read yeah. one more paragraph of Chapter 28th in a paragraph or two. Sounds good. That's, that's, oh, that's yeah. Nothing okay. to substitute for the words of the Chorus. It's so, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you want to read that fourth, fourth, fourth paragraph? Oh, I'll do it. Yep. I'm no, up. Okay. Here we go. Paragraph four. Yep. Again, everyone, chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, section one. Okay. So paragraph four. The Holy Spirit can indeed make use of memory, for God himself is there. Yet this is not a memory of past events, but only of a present state. You are so long accustomed to believe that memory holds only what is past that it is hard for you to realize it is a skill that can remember now, in italics. The limitations on remembering the world imposes on it are as vast as those you let the world impose on you. There is no link of memory to the past. If you would have it there, then there it is. But only your desire made the link, and only you have held it to a part of time where guilt appears to linger still. 
holding on to our guilt that's powerful, right? Our individuality, our specialness, the fact that we think we can be separate, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that paragraph really kind of hints at the enormous power of our minds to make up uh, not just a thought system, but a whole cosmology of, of space right. and time that was designed out of the chute to uh, believing that separation happened. Mm-hmm. That we can, we can, for example, seem to lose the ones we love. You know, mm-hmm. my, my mother and, and uh, the lady who published The Course in Miracles uh, just passed within a week of each other uh, last month. And, yeah. and, uh, both, both were instrumental in bringing the course to me. So it's like I have, I have yeah. a choice. To, do, I, do I see that as, as um, something to remain sad about? Of course, of course, you know, I, I, I miss their physical presence, uh, yeah, both of them in different ways. Uh, but at the same time, when I, when I look with gentleness and calmness at uh, what those two people have really meant in my life and what they symbolize for me, I realize that they are, were catalysts uh, to bringing me to a place in my mind where I recognize that I have a choice and uh, that I, I can choose to see things as opportunities to be in a classroom uh, where it's a joyous release of what never happened rather than um, a painful uh, affirmation of an, an untruth. So. Right. Bruce, beautifully said. And I know, and we, we talked about it. I was aware that you just lost your mother. And also, of course, we lost Judy. And didn't you say they were born the same year, your mom uh-huh. and Judy? Yeah. Oh, it's incredible, and they were so influential, both of them, to you. That's it's so powerful, and everything you just said about that, and what you're what you've you've taken away from that, you know, from their passing, how your how the perception of that is wonderful, you know. And and what I what I find helpful too is in my saner moments, uh, which fortunately are becoming more frequent because Yay. of yeah. studying the course. <laughs> you know, I I, I see. You know, in my mind's eye, they're smiling faces, and and sure. I and I sure. and I reflect Absolutely. upon the gifts that they shared and how profound not that not that they were, but they are, and there's mm-hmm. that bringing what's eternal back into the present, rather mm-hmm. than what what seems to have disappeared on the level of form, and right. uh, I th- I think that's where you know we, where the rubber meets the road is when we take the things in our lives that that can be uh, traumatic or, or challenging and say, okay, Holy Spirit, let's work on this together because on my own, I was, I've been badly taught, <laughs> but, right. but right. I, I can uh, listen to that inner kindness teacher and uh, turn it around and make it about um, the, the joyous lessons that have been learned yeah, that I take with me and, and that yeah. I, I keep with me and that have never left. And I, I think mm-hmm. in years past, I would, applying this to other people that have passed, it's been easier and easier for me to see, um, again, that, that inner smile that's, that's there. Uh-huh. It's just, just waiting for me to, to uh, realize that no one that we've ever loved or that we felt that strong uh, kinship with uh, could ever possibly leave us because they've always been in our mind. Right. Etern- eternally. Right. Beautifully said. I think one of the things that I've noticed, too, uh, as the mind is waking up and um, you're really recognizing and remembering there's a part of your mind that really does know and believe it's not just words, that no one's separate from anyone. No one really leaves you. You you do have the feeling of that, yeah, you miss people physically, uh, of course, and anybody that misses people physically, that, that's totally natural. Uh, sure. What we're saying here is that you, it's something in your mind is stronger in the sense that you don't feel the loss in the same way because you feel, still feel it. You still know that you're connected. You know that everybody is, is not as bodies, but connected always in the eternity, you know, of now God's heaven of perfect spirit and oneness and when that thought is more dominant in your mind um, you can have a really different experience when someone passes and you really do look at the gifts and everything you're grateful for you know 
Mm-hmm. And um, everything you expressed, you know, so beautifully or whatever. And it, it really is a wonderful thing because you're actually remembering that for the entire sonship and maybe taking away someone else's pain or suffering in the in the splintered mind because you're joining with the minds of everyone and reminding people that they have choices too, you know, choice for the Holy Spirit. It's very powerful how this we're all this, you know, interlocking <laughs> a chain, you know, of love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it we're all interconnected because ultimately we're all one. I think that's another another technique that the Holy Spirit uses is to to get us mm-hmm. out of our our <laughs> hypnosis uh, on the mm-hmm. being affl- afflicted and addicted and and mesmerized by form is, is our by, big trance. Yep. <laughs> big, exactly. By by reminding us of the sameness. You know, we have the yeah. same decision-making mind. We have the same two thought systems and the same ability to choose between them at any given moment. And that is the, right. the one unifying thing that makes us all kinfolk. And, That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. Do I have time to read one more paragraph? In, yeah, it, read okay. one more and then we'll okay. sign off after that. Okay. okay. And then, uh, and then, I'll, then I'll read a little bit from chapter five. Uh, I think I've got time to do that. So um, there's paragraph five in chapter 28, section one. The Holy Spirit's use of memory is quite apart from time. He does not seek to use it as a means to keep the past, but rather as a way to let it go. Memory holds the message it receives and does what it is given given it to do. It does not write the message nor appoint what it is for. Like to the body, it is purposeless within itself. And if it seems to serve to cherish ancient hate and gives you pictures of injustices and hurts that you were saving, this is what you asked its message be and that it is. Committed to its faults, the history of all the body's past is hidden there. All of the strange associations made to keep the past alive, the present dead, are stored within it, waiting your command that they be brought to you and lived again. And thus do their effects appear to be increased by time, which took away their cause. Mm. So that's basically saying, you know, we can can use memory to keep what has never happened in eternity continually regurgitating and and resurrecting and over and over and over again ad, ad, ad nauseum. But we have another opportunity to see things differently. And uh, so I'd like to share this, this uh, little bit from uh, the end of uh, uh, chapter five, section four, uh, paragraph eight, which is, uh, which is a a quote that we very typically read in a, in an online study group I attend uh, weekly and uh, is a meditation. I think it's just such a great, great quote. It really ties it, into how the Holy Spirit can use all aspects of time, the past, the present, and the future, to heal and to and to take everything that's genuine and keep it in our mind because that's the only thing that ever was. So exactly. anyway, it goes... Um, Where are you? How, chapter 5, section Chapter 5, four? section 4, paragraph 8. Yeah. Beautiful. You're in not going to believe this. If I took a picture of this right now, I have a post-it note pointing to that paragraph with an arrow. <laughs> you and I are in sync. I just turned to it. It must be pretty good. Okay, go ahead and read it. <laughs> okay. It goes, how can you who are so oh, holy suffer? The crack up. Yep. Okay. All your past except its beauty is gone, and nothing is left but a blessing. Mm-hmm. I have saved all your kindnesses and every loving thought you ever had. I have purified them of the errors that hid their light and kept them for you in their own perfect radiance. They are beyond destruction and beyond guilt. They came from the Holy Spirit within you, and we know what God creates is eternal. You can indeed depart in peace because I have loved you as I love myself. You go with my blessing and for my blessing. Hold it and share it, that it may always be ours. I place the peace of God in your heart and in your hands to hold and share. The heart is pure to hold it, and the hands are strong to give it. We cannot lose. 
My judgment is as strong as the wisdom of God, in whose heart and hands we have our being. His quiet children are his blessed sons. The thoughts of God are with you. Oh, with 20 seconds to spare. That is a beautiful (laughs) way to end this broadcast. And I know that, listeners, because I have it in my ear. They're counting it down. So, Bruce, that was a beautiful way to end it. I had that marked in my book. Thank you so much for joining me again on this podcast. We'll do it again soon. And love you so much and love you all so much too you can find bruce at acimblog.com and i'm going to be basking in that prayer right now when we sign off so until next time you are all loved be well and blessings thanks Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.